Welcome to The Bandwidth. Here at the BAN Arbitrage Network, we combine data and experience to help you grow in the world of collectible finance. Thank you for joining us today. We have some amazing resources here at the BAN Arbitrage Network that we'd like to share with you. And in fact, today is one of those days where we get to know one of our resources a little bit better. Chris, we're here. We're getting ready to interview you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well, enjoying my my coffee. Although apparently not as much as that uh, that Starbucks blend you got over there. No, it's it's straight espresso beans, drip drip roasted in the in the drip. Dangerous. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> How are you doing, Wit? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm very confused as to why is the Midwest weather like it is. Um. Because uh, I looked outside my window this morning, and uh, we have snow everywhere. And, you know, which granted is winter, but like two days ago, we had 70-degree weather, and then we had tornadoes. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. It is, it's pretty cold up here by me right now, too. It's 18 degrees out, and (laughs) we didn't get any snow, but yeah, it's pretty wild. Did you get the uh, tornado fun at all, or is it just us here in no, Iowa? That that was that was a little further south. Yeah, yeah, we know how to throw a good time, you know, down here <laughs> in the old central plains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still have PTSD from when the uh, when I was dorming at Creighton, and they uh, it would be uh, they wouldn't change it to heat for the dorm because if they switched it from AC to heat, it had to stay that way for whatever reason. So. It would go from being like 75 degrees and everyone's like, yay, AC, to the next day it was snowing and you'd be begging the admins to please turn on the heat. And they're like, nope, because tomorrow it's going to be warm again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Administrative controlled heat. That's great. It's got to, you know, layer up a little bit more, you know, wear a fourth sweatshirt. So what's happening in your worlds today before we get into this, this very interesting interview? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to think like, it's just a lot of like little things. I mean, yeah, I went to a party this last weekend and been hanging out with friends and, um, I'm almost done sifting through all my magic bulk, which I've been doing for the last few months. Um, also I've been increasing how many times I work out every week. So last nice. week I worked out three times this week. I'm wor- working out four times. Uh, next week will be five. Um, yeah, it's just like a lot of little things. It's not like, you know, Oh, this big event. So it's like a bunch of little paper cuts. Yep. yep. Good paper cuts, though. Not the, not the hurting ones. That's good. That's for my end. It was mainly, mainly work this last weekend since my boss is taking one of his first vacations in about half a decade. So I have now been around long enough to, to not surely break everything. But surely enough, as soon as the adult left the house, things started breaking. So I've been doing that. And then... Yesterday, I had the very fun task of spending eight hours assembling furniture. Um, turns out when you when you do get a house, you need to furnish it. And uh, nobody mentioned that that would be a sizable percentage of the actual down payment to, to make it not look like a ghost town. So uh, finally getting around to, to getting the dining room sets and dressers and TVs and rooms that I go in about once a month. Okay. Are you like doing IKEA or is this, you know, something a little nicer? Yes, uh, and unfortunately it's it's much nicer, which uh we've been making jokes about because uh it's actually 
Uh, I, I actually don't know if it's all real wood, but it's not the IKEA wood. So now when I knock on wood, it's it's actually going to be wood. Sweet. That'll help protect you against like the bad omens of, you know, whatever. So <laughs> of drying glue <laughs> of drying glue. Yeah, because yes. uh, I'm just going to drink my coffee. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah, that's my thought, too. I'm actually uh, going to be speaking tonight at a judge conference. Um, I'm speaking to over 200 attendees at the Canadian Mental Health and Wellness uh, Conference. And that is probably the biggest crowd I've had online. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little fearful and trepidatious. Um, I've, I've actually asked, uh, uh, Grixis to, to potentially help me out. Uh, she's reviewed my, my presentation for me. So I'm hoping that she'll be able to hop in during my, during my discussion and help navigate some of those questions. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest though. Like you are you're a good public speaker, so I think you'll do well. I mean, but that said, you you know yourself better, so uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, the The main issue that I have is is trying to navigate questions from two hundred people online all at once. So, well, good luck. That sounds. Yeah. I mean, sounds like a good time outside of the that that kind of pandemonium element of potentially people asking too many questions at once. But sounds like a nice position to be in. Yeah, it should be really good. Uh, it should be a good evening and a lot of fun. So the, the main question that I've got to start with is wit, are you going to share the questions with me this week? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we'll just go ahead and, uh, take turns. Okay. Because we tried to take turns last week, but that, that didn't turn out the way that, uh, Wolf had wanted. Yeah. Poor Wolf. We just put him in the corner. We're like, all right, you know, I think that was like two casts in the row where he sat in the corner and, and just played with his ball. Yeah. Go play with your toys in the other room. Let mommy and daddy talk. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. Especially now that I get to edit these, I get to, to see is like, Oh, well, if we're interviewing somebody, I probably shouldn't be the one speaking the majority of the time, which historically has not been my forte. So I enjoyed my, my time in the corner, so to speak. Yeah, this should be good. Uh, but I think we're ready to to start asking questions, Wolf. And the main first question that we have for you, what is your current involvement level in MTG Finance? Like I, I said, I was a, a, a small backpack grinder. Where would you put yourself at that? I mean, in terms of, of labeling it, I would still consider myself a, a small backpack grinder just because I've seen what... Uh, some of the folks in this discord, uh, particularly in this community, uh, are able to to churn. So uh, I think probably at my peak, I was doing about $5,000 just in sheer buy-less drop shipping about every month. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I haven't really held on to, to that, especially since I've started sharing that data. So I would almost put you on a, on a different level. Um, Backpack grinding, in my mind, is a lot more personal and intimate, and you are more of the the internet savvy grinder. You you know where to find cards and you know where to out them quickly uh, for a win. This is fair to say. Yes, uh, the the loving term I like to hold for myself is a keyboard cowboy. Uh, I have not been to an in person event until. 
this last January. So it uh, it's always been a game of buying and selling. Uh, fun fact, in one of my roles before this one, I was not allowed to uh, actually invest in the stock market. So MTG was very much my out, but uh, don't really... Never really needed to go to LGSs or any mm. locations in person to actually acquire cards or to or to sell them. And the few times I had, I sold for a massive loss outside of college. So I tried to avoid that as much as possible. So with like you know, with going more deeper into this, uh, what are your current? What are your goals for MTG Finance? Oh, entirely, entirely personal and selfish. Uh, right now, I want to move as little actual cardboard as possible. Really, it's just what can I learn in this hobby? I very much use it as a vessel to to further my actual career and, and personal projects because any time that uh, I learn of something new that's interesting or fascinating, the first thing I do is I, I go grab uh, MTG data and see what I can play with it. Like, you know, how can I bend it? How can I investigate this? Because I'm so comfortable just with the space and with the data and where it's coming from. And I just have very solid expectations of how it will behave. So it provides me the ultimate, ultimate sandbox uh, to, to really play with things. And then whenever I have to sit down with interviews or, or speak to, to anybody about magic, uh, I am able to perhaps uh, occasionally a little too uh, passionately just go into all of the amazing things you can do with, with MTG. So uh, it's really just to, continue with that learning process and the thing that i keep uh, realizing is absolutely everything that i've said in this hobby that i don't want to do or touch i end up doing or touching and, and learning about so uh keep tripping into those things i mean that's real. i mean and that's important too because a lot of people think that when they think of mtg finance or even magic the gathering in general they always think okay it's all about touching the cardboard it's all about you know, buying buying cards, selling cards, but uh, speculating on, you know, what's going to come out in the next set, uh, how to play the game, playing the game, playing casual, competitive. Um, nobody really thinks about like I don't know if I could say you're like in the IT department, but you're more like research and development in regards to the MTG yeah. finance. Would you say that's kind of fair? There's this. Um... There's this thing that I think a lot of people, at least specifically in regards to, to MTG Finance, forget when, when you go out and you speculate on something or you go find an opportunity, a lot of people will spend hours actually you know, locating the card, finding it, or researching a deck or whatever it is. And just where I'm at nowadays, the, the value is not so much in the money you spent, but the time you've spent and spending a couple hours digging into that. I would much rather... Uh, be digging in SQL or Python, whatever it is I'm doing, and spend it that way. Hmm. I mean, that's, again, like, I mean, I, I always like that's something that's like well beyond like what I'm capable of. So it's just one of those things is always just interesting to listen to. So one of the things that I've, I've really thought about with Wolf is you, you have taken the resource side of things very seriously for us. And uh, you have been its greatest advocate within the world of, of MTG finance. And it's, it's one of those things where it's really fun to watch you grow as as a as a data manager and it's really been fun to watch you watch you take the things that you're good at and really expand upon them and and I absolutely love that. I I love how you've just been able to to grow over the last few years. I'm I'm really kind of wondering when did you take the step 
into being involved with MTG Finance and what what was some of the some of those first steps that you did uh, in in the finance realm? Yeah, so I think I really got started in MTG Finance in late actually no beginning of February 2018. I know because I tracked every purchase and sale meticulously to the point where I look back and kind of cringe at myself for the level of extra 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 work and detail I made for myself but I thought it was really cool at the time uh, but uh, yeah I sold the tracks in February of 2018 and that's what kind of kicked me into MTG finance and and just getting my storefront set up and, and getting involved uh, and then it was really just a, a snowball from there just I realized you know um, nobody was tracking uh, buy list data which to this day is Still, the craziest thing in the world to me that everybody's so focused on market data. Uh, seems like a very simple thing to me in 2018, and I realized I would like to track it at least for my own knowledge, uh, just to see what's happening. Um, so, as far as I could tell, I was the only one who was doing that, and I just started catering everything that I was doing to buy lists from there. And uh, even though I very, very much did not want to network, I accidentally met a bunch of people who found similar value or at least took an uh, curiosity's interest in, in kind of the data that I was collecting and kind of just spun forward from there. So obviously, since you've been like doing all this tracking um, and, you know, you've been able to watch everything from a different angle compared to other people, like you've probably had a lot of, you know, solid wins um, out of curiosity. Do you have like, uh, do you have a favorite win? Like, do you have one that you, you know, kind of you're bragging? See, honestly, the, <laughs> there's no one particular victory that stands out to me outside of I probably just saw my greatest success when I was just buying cards out of Japan and selling it in the U.S. As simple as that. And just knowing there are particular websites that I can go to that will ship right to the U.S. And likewise, getting cards from Europe to the U.S. Very simple approach. But literally just seeing day to day all of these price disparities, especially since most, if not all of those foreign sites are all updated by hand, which is amazing to me and not necessarily for all the right reasons. But when you're able to just get pretty much real time ticker data, like just coming in all the time, you'll just see $50 price disparities after fees and shipping and taxes, just $50 here, $40 there, ship it in. And then you start to understand, all right, you know, there are certain risks, but I probably would say my most consistent one I'm proudest of would probably be the, the Ristic Study Judge promos. When those came out, uh, Europe was horrendously undervalued and just, I bought one batch and they all sold out for triple on TCG mm -hmm. and, and Facebook and social media and things back when I took the time to list on there. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll go back for a second batch. And for me, getting cards over from Europe was very, very slow at the time. And the second batch sold out. And it was just really fascinating for me to see. I can keep going back to these wells again and again and again, so long as I don't tell an entire Discord of people that they exist. Yeah, I actually remember like when that was, when that was all like happening in real time. I was just like... Cause yeah, uh, Europe was just there were prices like what, what, like how much were you paying for each of those touristic studies? Because I think I think around that season, I think they what peaked at one hundred and twenty, hundred and forty here in yeah. the U.S. And you know, in Europe, I think there's a, a lot less demand for c commander cards. So yeah, like what were you just uh, throw numbers out? Like what 
when I was buying just like, you know, playset or two, it was, I think it was averaging out to be around $50 net cost by the time it arrived to me. But when I was buying them in just kind of bigger batches, it was around 35 to 40 bucks. Then the cost was really just the time to get to me. Yeah. I mean, and of course, yeah, if you're selling at least a hundred, you know, even if you sell like 90, $95, that's still, uh, that's still a nice, nice profit. We learned to dollar cost average. And then I realized that I can make something look like a quote unquote deal. If I'm able to sell it on a platform that doesn't have fees and everybody walks away happier. <laughs> I love that. You <laughs> see, I was, I was in the opposite camp. I was actually receiving uh, Ristic studies at the time. I, th- I think I ended up with, with seven or eight of them that season, uh, just from doing judge conferences and things like that. So I, I just outed them, you know, quick and they were all a win to me. But, uh, I think a lot of people didn't realize that we were tracking the data on all of the judge promos at the time as well. And so that's, that's the interesting thing. Uh, the the judge promo program has shifted so much, but I'm digressing. Um, oh, no worries. I mean, I think uh, just to... yeah. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how dare you digress us from the conversation? To throw out just a different angle on this, I mean, I track all this card data, and yeah, that's fun. But it also, I'm very well aware at this point uh, that'll put most people to sleep. On another aspect of things, I think one of my favorite. I guess, and I'll, I'll, I'll count this as a win, uh, are all the different projects that I've been able to to kind of tie into and, and help people. Like when I got started back in 2018, uh, was actually still on the Discord here. It was uh, Noxon at the time, um, like was getting into spreadsheets. So kind of showed him how to uh, track things like I was doing. And then he was able to kind of go off and get way better at spreadsheets than I ever hoped to be again. Um, you know, and, and kind of take off from there and then, um, like hidden agenda and his secret layers stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I get to, to support and provide data for that spreadsheet. A lot of other individuals as well that, I I don't know if they want me mentioning them, but, uh, whose, whose projects that I've been able to, to help or support or basically either provide data for, kind of direct them into what information they might actually be asking for, or if it already exists or, uh, you know, what kind of projects do you like really want to do if it already exists? You know, are you doing this for fun? And uh, that is just something that uh, definitely more of late I've I've been finding much greater enjoyment in. And, and it's always more fun for me when somebody actually utilizes the data for something fun these days. So I'm going to 100 percent just kick that over into the win column. That's awesome. I, I love it. I I, I love that we're able to to support and encourage each other in our individual goals. But I've got to know, man, you, you've been on the finance side, heavily involved for over four years now. How did you jump into this game of magic? So I got a brief exposure, like just knowing what it was after I got my third concussion in high school and I was no longer allowed to play lacrosse. So I was sitting on the gym floor uh, with a buddy of mine, and we had nothing to do. And he was going through a magic phase. And he basically was doing like the whole FNM circuit. I had no idea at the time. And he's like, you know, we've got all this time to kill. Uh, so he gave me a Rubble Hulk deck, which was straight off the rack at Walmart. 
um, and just kind of learned the game from that. But it didn't really take until I went to college. And I opted, being the, the fine socialite that I am, who obviously likes to go outside, um, to stay inside my dorm with about six guys and play magic instead of going and joining a fraternity. Uh, and we probably played magic like four to six hours a day for like three years. Um, and it doesn't help when you, you share a dorm room and you can play EDH to like 4 a.m. every day. See, I, I, I don't think I miss that at all. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I say that sounds like a great, that sounds like a good time. I, I mean, I was talking about <laughs> it. It was a great time. I, I think I'm a little too competitive to, to play magic that much. And so obviously you got through college. Okay. Playing that much magic. <laughs> why, why did you never want to go outside of the small group? Oh, I would, oh, well, personal thing. I would always rather have a good time with a small group of people than to have a mediocre time with a large group of people. And, and magic was just a really good way to do that. Yep. I can relate with that. <laughs> so like, obviously being part of this, I mean, what do you enjoy about the game? I mean, do you still play the game, by the way? Do you, uh, like, what's your current involvement? As I well? mean, every once in a while, I'll throw, I'll pull up uh, Arena, and, you know, I'm not above binging. Uh, like, if I just want to hit Diamond and, like, Historic or something or Standard, I'll just slam games till I get it, and then I can just kind of put the check mark. Like, I can still play the game. Cool. Uh, and then, then I'll go back to my, my data cave. Um, but no, by and large, I don't really play the game anymore. I think the last time I played EDH was probably when I met up with Coda before the pandemic began. Uh, so it's been a couple of years, uh, and I haven't really frequently played really since I came out to New York after, uh, after undergrad. So that said, I mean, one of the amazing things about this game is that and it's very hard to get people to realize this sometimes is there's so many different axes that you can enjoy it. And on pretty much every front, it's complex. It requires commitment. It requires repetition and just that, that level, that cerebral element to it, however you want to attack it. So I've chosen finance, love or hate it. It exists. And it's a way that people can be involved and enjoy the game. If you're a judge, you can know all the rules and you can go to tournaments. If you're you know, a player, you can, uh, know all the ins and outs. If you're a brewer inside of that, I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can basically be involved if in whatever fits your fancy. But I think all of them require that same amount of, uh, I guess, commitment and, and research to, to really get good at. And that's just something that I, I constantly go back to enjoying with this game. I, I got to admit, man, that the ability to to continuously grow, I think, is something that drives a lot of us within MTG Finance, but then also within the game of, of Magic the Gathering, because really what we want is to be able to learn and to discover new things, to be able to, to consider what could happen next. You know, and it, it's, just, it's just wild to me that we are all pretty well like-minded in that mentality. You know, we want, to, we want the wins but we also want to be able to to learn how to do it better and i love it i think i'd get bored if i stopped uh growing and learning uh within mtg finance or within the game yeah staying active is huge got to keep that churn going duck on the pond yeah that i 
I would have to admit that that's probably how I view you more than anybody in the Discord. You're you're constantly looking for that next win. But I've I've got to know, man. What's next? I I just think about everything that you've got going on with the data, with the responsibility of of helping run the Discord, of you know just trying to have your own financial wins. So what's next in the world for MTG Finance for you? Yeah. So this one, uh, this one, I might get a little too nuanced, possibly, and rein me back if I do. But really, more so, the things that I think we've created largely here at Band the last, oh my, uh, almost half decade now, yeah. providing tremendous value really for the industry at large. There's not really a need to create anything new. And actually at this point, creating new things just creates more responsibilities, more things to maintain. And you've always got to have that balance between things you're maintaining and things you're creating. Uh, And I think right now, uh, at least for my end of things, kind of hit hit that equilibrium where it's, okay, we've got enough things created. And now it's how do we effectively communicate and actually use the resources we already have. Now, there's plenty of really cool things we could try and do. I think nothing embodies that hubris more than than my whole forecasting thing on the, the newspaper when I got super excited about machine learning, deep learning, all the different things that I could do to forecast out ahead, the degree of confidence. And then at the end of the day, I realized it has zero value if nobody can understand it and all of the effort you put into it. Obviously, it has tremendous value to me, and I'm not understating that at all. I loved it, and I still do. But that was just kind of the wake-up call for me in terms of, look, show people two columns. Here's the difference. How can they capitalize on it? And then really seeing from there, okay, most people can get that. But now when you start involving larger vendors or people who, for all intents and purposes, have unlimited cash flow, uh, which... Actually, I really hate to use that phrase in this industry because everybody is very hamstrung by liquidity. But um, when you start mixing the two between the backpack grinders and the vendors, you start to realize there's there's a huge disparity between it. And uh, so for me, the the next steps are really how can I drive really the industry forward at this point? Uh, because most people view it, I think, in terms of uh, when you think of MTG Finance, there are those who like to essentially scalp people who they don't know their value, or you know, you go to an event and they offer cents on the dollar, and people get all these feel bads from it, very understandably. And then you have this other side of things where there's a very large group of people who participate in the MTG market, but they also hate open markets and they kind of dislike their own work to some degree, which I've always found super fascinating. But those are very much just vocal, like vocal (laughs) elements, but it's not the whole thing by any means, but it's how people like to kind of view MTG Finance. And I, I really don't like that because there's so much more complexity and nuance to it. And I think there's a lot that we can do by using an objective standard or better yet, a resource that everybody can agree is objective, even if it's very rarely used that way, which is data, um, and just drive things forward with that of just look at this. This is where the decision started. And that way it creates a shared element of we all started with this or, you know, we, we all saw this at the same time or could have. And because of that, we all could have made our decisions off of that and gone forward from there. 
uh, and it just creates more of a, a unifying aspect of things, at least in my own poetic reinterpretation of what I do and what I like about it. Yeah, just constant growth, constant, constant next. What's next? What's next? What's next? Oh, what they ran into me at military boarding school is can I? Constant, never ending improvement. Constant, never ending improvement. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'll be honest, I mean, and, and like seeing, because here's the thing, like, it's obviously you're talking about this, but, you know, we, here in band, we're also seeing the results of what you've done as well. And I mean, I'll be honest, I'm kind of in awe of just your mindset of how you got to this, like, and, and how this is, and using these tools, uh, it's just great to see, like, first off, I love the contribution that you've made, the contributions, I should say, it's plural, um, because I've used these tools and I'm just like, man, like, I, you know, it, it's just like, I could not have even thought of doing anything like this myself or even know how to do this. But the fact that you're, this is how your mind is wired. This is how you're doing things. And there's, there's, um, there's a degree. Uh, how do I properly phrase this? What I'm able to do requires essentially that there already be kind of a value proposition, a way that, you know, we can profit off of this, whether that's value, money, time, whatever you want to say it. And I am very self-aware, and I'm also going to give full credit, that a lot of what I do has to exist on top of somebody else's efforts. And that is 100% Coda, uh, because he's largely built all of the infrastructure uh, around it. So I can pop in and look really smart and really cool. But it's all built on something, you know, on a joint uh, effort. It's not just one person going ham. Uh, it's constantly, you know, you need to have somebody who can build this, somebody who can read on top of this, somebody who decides to make this their own. Uh, and it's really fun to see that really just kind of come together almost on its own. And man, if I had to retell the entire story of how I got to where I am, there are so many lucky twists and people teeing things up for me without my even realizing and, and kind of knocking it down by accident sometimes. It's, it's kind of amazing. So just as a, a follow-up question, thinking about next steps, do you have an end goal with Ban? I, I know that you're 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 one of the admins, you're you're one of the, the main voices within our community. Do you have an end goal? Do you have do you have a a thought about where Ban would you would like it to be? Please say world domination. Please say world domination. Please say, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> You're going to have me quote Hans Gruber for Alexander Webb for there was no more world to conquer. Here we go. Um, but uh, <laughs> That's great. Uh, no, no. The Really, the main goal for me is I constantly want to be just having fun with, with MTG ban. Uh, and the biggest goal really for me right now is really we how can we support vendors in terms of their pricing and their buy list because we have largely gone out and done a lot of work that we've done a lot of i'll just say very cost effective work for them wherein they don't have to hire anybody in even if yeah they wanted to very expensive to hire the people that can do this um so getting ban involved more on the back end uh, of things is really where I am most interested in from a very high level because like I mentioned when I started it was just drop shipping 
between vendors. I never touched the card, but because nobody was watching their competitor, which again, insane to me, you know, it was very easy to, to kind of make money in that sense, but it just felt gross and wrong to me. I don't know why. But um, being able to, to utilize the resources we have there to kind of shore up just the market as a whole in terms of everybody can see kind of everybody's got their palantir everybody can see what everybody else is doing in publicly uh, basically shouting um is something that i very much like to to move forward with and then uh from another angle and this is always this weird dichotomy that i i enjoy but it's always a hard one to walk you can't get too focused on the vendors because there is that community aspect that i've really come to enjoy that you need to keep uh you need to keep basically communications open and kind of sincere and, and keep just open discourse and contributions available in, a, in basically Discord. I mean, that's how most of us got into the community as is and keeping and fostering that community going forward um, at with growth is something that I think is probably going to be the most challenging aspect, but one that I'm, I'm hoping to continue. Now, Wolf, the, there's one big flaw in your overall idea. Here. Like, we as uh, MTG Finance community, we're the villains. We're the bad guys. You're not supposed to help other people. So what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm man. totally kidding, by the way. I'm I'm actually totally kidding. No, you're going to be pulling all the pop culture references out of me. And now I'm going to go to the Dark Knight. You live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> yes. Uh, so next question we got here is, um, so obviously, because, you know, you're talking about your whole experience going from you know, being in high school after your third concussion and playing with Rubble Hulk, you know, in a in a Walmart pre-con type thing, and you're now you're at the point where you're in sandbox land where you're getting to play with all these new toys. You're obviously, you know, here in Bannon, you're a you know, you're a strong contributor. You're also looking into the future of how you want to help, you know, help the little guy all the way up to the big time vendors. Um Knowing the route that you have gone through up to this point, what advice would you give yourself a year ago from today? You know, this was the one when I did this template yesterday where I was like, I trying to keep this one short was was difficult. I like to be wordy. <laughs> but the, the advice as succinctly as I can I can give it is just stick to my strengths, not what everybody else is doing, and never accept we're doing this just because it works. Just because it works doesn't mean it's the best, optimal, or even, honestly, more than half the time that it really works for what they want it for. And that's just something that I've constantly gone back to, whether intentionally or unintentionally, and it almost always turns out, and even if it doesn't turns out, it's a principle I'm willing to stand on. Your, your advice is very telling. You know, for, for the new player, a, a lot of people are just wondering how to get involved. And I, I think we, we get caught up in that, that trap ourselves of trying to learn how to read the market and uh, focusing in on the new speculation cards. But to just stick with what you know, that's very simple. That's, it's, it's not life-shattering or life-changing. I, I have to say that. But you're... You're giving the advice that I think people need to hear. You know, stick with what you know, figure it out. What cards are your playgroup trying to find and resource? And then can you get those cards before they buy them online and get them to your friends? I, I think that's a, a very reasonable thing, at least for, for the common or new player in MTG Finance. 
So if there's specific advice that you could give to, to somebody within the MTG finance world, what that's brand new, what, what advice would you give them? Very first thing, and uh, I know there's going to be uh, a number of vendors who will appreciate this, uh, is if you're new to MTG Finance, uh, and this is going to seem really simple, uh, but first question is ask yourself why. The profit margins, uh, and I shouldn't say this because I'm the villain and I'm so ingrained in MTG Finance, it is so hard to make consistent profit margins in MTG Finance. So if you're actually going to do it for this, you've got to understand it's going to be one hell of a grind. So ask yourself why you're doing it. Uh, and if you pass that why, as is a part 1B here, the best advice I can give is find somebody whose logic you understand. When they describe how they're going after respect, when they describe how they're making an investment, how they're handling business, uh, whatever it might be, find some, literally an individual whose logic you can mirror and that you understand, like it just resonates with you. Like that's how I think that should be done. And shoot them a DM, shoot them a message and you're going to get ignored a lot, but do it until you find somebody who responds because it, it will happen. I mean, my goodness, anytime somebody messages me with like contextually relevant questions or you know, especially if they show progress, that's one of the most exciting things you can you can you can receive, um, and and build it that way. Just build up your your knowledge base by mirroring as long as possible, and then by the time you realize you're not mirroring anymore, it's because you've become an amalgamation of everybody that you've spoken to. The the resources to be able to to grow and find something to learn is. It, it shows true in who you are as a person. And I absolutely appreciate the fact that you are willing to, to put yourself out there and willing to learn new and different things and willing to, to build upon the strengths that you have, but also recognize that really you can't do everything. And I, I love that. So I really appreciate that. Is there anything that you would like to, to add to our discussion towards the end here? Are you really a wolf? No, no, no. Fun fact, my original nickname was Cujo, mainly because when I was very young, I'm a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan, their goaltender was Curtis Joseph, whose nickname was Cujo. He had a giant wolf on his mask. Um, but, um, and, and just speaking, Cujo was not the most uh, marketable name, I guess. Uh, and as soon as I wanted to... Uh, kind of take on MTG Finance more seriously. Uh, Ursa was the first one who's like, oh, you've got to go by Wolf of Tin Street. He's like, this matches you perfectly. And I was like, you know what? It's a wolf. It's close enough to Cujo. I'm in. I was always kind of wondering like how you transfer, you know, went from one name to the next. Cause, and I mean, I noticed a lot as we were starting to build up Bannon here, um, there were a bunch of people who did change their names. Um, I think, Obviously, Father Ken, you kept with yours. Um, uh, MTG Papa has always been MTG Papa. I mean, I, I was previously traveling merchant because that was that's my store name, and I started going with Wit because I think uh, you and I were having fun. Uh, oh my goodness! Because you were because <laughs> we were both like naming ourselves off of uh, Brandon Sanderson characters, and mm -hmm. after I named myself Wit, I'm like, you know what? I love this. I'm keeping with it and have yeah. never changed. So. But yeah, I was always kind of curious how Wolf of Tin Street came to be. Yeah. 
one of the benefits of not having local uh, outlets is that my name is of very little actual importance to to like my act, I guess, to my brand or business, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I get to have fun there probably a little bit too much sometimes. Teravangian still my favorite. <laughs> All right. I, I do have to ask this as a follow up since you mentioned that. Why is he your favorite? Uh, I just love the you can be a genius one day and an absolute idiot the next day. You can have the master plan all set up, and then the next day you can still be following that plan but have no idea why you're following it, and then the next day you're back to it because a number of times I look at some of the work that I do where I'll get into my foxhole, I'll be understanding the math, I'll be understanding the research, and then I'll come back to it a week later, and I am reading hieroglyphs, and I have no idea how I did it, and especially if it's broken somewhere, and I have to read my own writing and i just sit there thinking i have no recollection of ever writing this how did i ever understand this um and that's just something i constantly have to do so i just love that element about that character and i just very very much relate to it that's really interesting because yeah like i mean that and that makes perfect sense and by the way for those who are listening in um that have like no idea what we're talking about let me just say Check out the Stormlight Archive by Brandon yep. Sanderson. It's a whole series. Not going to tell you much more, but it's a very it's a good book series that is continuing on. Be sure to check it out. It's, it's like I feel like I'm like, you know, <laughs> sponsoring right now or something. He not an official sponsor. I we just love the guy. But well, I um, I think all three of us have have oh, discovered right. that separately, and we've just been discussing it over the last what two years, back and yeah. forth. I, I had to take a break from, uh, what was it? Was it Oathbringer? Yeah. It was Oathbringer. Yeah, that's the fourth one. That's a recent one. Yeah, so I, I had to take a break from that because it mirrored my life a little bit too much. Uh, and it wasn't really a release for me. So, Ooh, I've not read that yet. I have the book, but I haven't gotten to it yet because I was reading the Mistborn series while waiting for it to come out. And then when it came out, I'm like... Okay, I'm in a bit of a weird situation where I either continue with the Mistborn series or go back to Oath or go back to Oathbringer. And I'm like, no, let's finish the Mistborn series. So I'm on the third book right now. And once I'm done with that, then I'm gonna go back to Oathbringer. I hope you uh, uh I hope you enjoy that ending. <laughs> I hope so too. No spoilers. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna have to review what I've read and what I haven't read and and go from there. You know, on a side on a slight side note, uh, Brandon Sanderson plays magic. We should try to get him on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you mind uh, stopping from that twenty million Kickstarter you got going on and taking some time over here? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about MTG finance, but uh, just talk about magic in general. You know, that sounds good with Brandon Sanderson. It's going to be great. Man, I would. That would be a nerdgasm right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're going to retroactively add that to the goals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Brandon Sanderson, if you are listening, we love you and we want you to join us. <laughs> yes. We're cast, casting it into the aether. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, I've I've asked the the Discord if there was any other questions that people have. Uh if you have any more before we wrap up, by all means, please please go ahead and share. Is there anything else that, that we should really touch on, Wolf or Wit? I'm, I'm just curious. Nothing pertaining to this conversation, but I will say for those listening in, be sure to share with other people that are in, in the MTG Finance community because 
We're going to be continuing to grow this out more. I mean, I know that over the past couple of years, as we've been tiptoeing around into, you know, into the podcast scene, we've been kind of experimenting, trying different things. We're becoming more consistent and we want to bring as many people along with for the ride, but also we're going to be kind of experimenting with a few different ideas as well. So if you have anything, any ideas, any comments, questions, concerns, things you want to hear on the podcast, by all means, uh, reach out to us. I think we'll try to add something in the footnotes of where you're where you're watching where you're listening in the podcast right now but we want to be i'm using a lot of ums right now because i'm thinking as i go along here we want to be helpful to everybody that is doing mtg finance whether you're brand new to this or you are you know you're a veteran so we're looking yeah so that's i'm just gonna leave it right there i'm gonna edit out all your ums except for the statement saying i'm saying a lot of ums yeah no, that's not fair yes. <laughs> it's gonna be great or just bleep them out, make it sound like I'm saying something far worse. This is how you know the power has just gone to my head. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, you're a little too strong. I love it. One of the things that we like to do here at the Ban Arbitrage Network is get people involved. If you have a thought that you would like us to incorporate into one of our new segments or in a future cast, uh, we'll be getting back to our regular cast in about three weeks. We're going to take time next week to interview Wit, but... In the future, we're just thinking about all the data, all the information that we have. And the three of us can't track it all. We, we try to, but it's just, not, it's just not feasible. So if there's information, if there's a, a unique piece of data that you would like us to touch on, by all means, please shoot that our direction. We'd love to be able to share with you a little bit more about MTG Finance, but then also give you a voice. Uh, we like to credit people in our Discord that are smart and talented, and that is a lot of the people here. And it's really fun to to listen in to what they have to add. I want to thank you for joining us here on the Ban Arbitrage Network. I'm Father Ken. Thanks for taking your time out of today to look at our resources and give them an opportunity to to share a little bit with you. I want to thank you for giving us time to, to speak well about each other. And today... Uh, we're actually going to be recording in about 15 minutes, a brand new segment. We haven't figured out exactly what it's called yet. Probably something with Stroopwafels. Yeah. Uh, we love some Stroopwafels. Uh, and we'd just love to share with you a little bit more. It'll be a little Stroopwafel bite, bite-size 10-minute cast that uh, you'll be able to pick up 24 hours after this recording. So it'll be released by the time this one comes out. So thank you so much for taking time today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. 